Welcome to the Angry Sun Zone. Today, we're going to be talking all about fighting pocket monsters, also known as Pokemon. Pokemon. Gotta, Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Your heart's so true. Something, something, me and you. I used to know all the words to all the freaking anime songs when I was a kid. Yeah, I think I think we all did. At least, <laughs> at least the regular one. Definitely knew the regular one. Oh yeah. yeah. Without further ado, welcome to the Angry Sun Zone. I'm Sean, and I'm Santo, and I'm Alex. And yeah, today it's time to get in touch with a franchise that's been going on for a while that was introduced to us while we were at the perfect age for it. Yeah. Impressionable young kids who, when they heard you gotta catch them all, we truly had to catch them all. We're talking Pokemon today. Yeah, so Pokemon's a franchise that I'm sure most of our listeners will know. Uh, And in fact, even if our listeners are simply parents of a certain age, everyone knows, even if they didn't play it. Just because Pokemon completely saturated the media landscape. Uh, for a while. I would say it's not quite so heavy these days. Uh, I don't know. But it's hard to tell. I'm not a I'm not a ten year old anymore. <laughs> like Pokemon cards are still a craze. Pokemon cards Pokemon yeah. Go is still like very popular. Still going. Yeah. So it's Pokemon is definitely a franchise that's had a ton of staying power. And uh, I'd like to start here by talking about the uh, latest game that they released, the Pokemoba Pokemon Unite. Uh, this game was released uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, me being a big Pokemon fan and having the just the right things wrong with my brain that I love MOBAs, uh, I started playing it. Uh, Alex, Sean, I don't think, believe either no. of you have played it. No, I yet. haven't. No. Have you, I haven't e- it. Either you even seen gameplay of it? Uh, nope. Not yet. All I, right. I, I've just seen a few screenshots that you've sent over. Of sick Pokemon of hats? Of ridiculous Pokemon hats, yeah. Tropical Venusaur? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Pokemon Unite uh, is a Pokemon MOBA. A MOBA stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And that's the term that's been used to describe games like League of Legends and Dota, Heroes of the Storm, uh, Paragon, all, all those games. And it's even been used to describe other genres like Overwatch was kind of introduced as like a MOBA shooter to where each player character controls one uh, unique character that has its own unique set of moves and skills usually a couple standard moves and then ultimate move, which is super powerful. And Pokemon Unite, it doesn't deviate from this concept at all. Uh, it's it's a very simple MOBA, and it feels like they basically just took everything from League of Legends. Oh my in God. terms of just the look of it, like the look of all the targeting reticles, even the, the look of the health bars, uh, as well as some of the more finer points of it. Uh, are, are very League of Legends-like. There's uh, neutral monsters that, if you uh, defeat them, you get a buff, certain type of buff. There's Tall Grass, which, which I mean, if it wasn't for League of Legends, sure, I'd say Tall Grass is a very Pokemon concept, but 
it's the exact it looks the exact same as the League of Legends uh, like brush that's on the side of the lanes that when you're standing in it you're invisible and the same concept applies here uh, so the one thing that Pokemon Unite differs in is basically how the scoring works uh, each round of the basic mode is 10 minutes long and you you win by scoring points you get these points for beating uh, the neutral monsters that are just hanging out. There's not like creep waves or anything like that. Uh, beating these monsters gets you what are called Aeon Balls, which I'll call them Pokeballs for sake of sim simplicity. And you can hold a certain amount of them. When you defeat other, other player character Pokemon, they will drop a certain amount of the ones that they're carrying. So if you, if you die with none in your possession, the only thing you're losing is some XP you're giving to the opponent and respawn time. And So you might be asking, okay, well you collect these balls, what do you do with these balls? You take these balls over to your opponent's goal and you dunk on them. <laughs> what? You literally dunk these things. And each wow. Pokemon has like their own like unique dunking animation. Uh, Snorlax just like kind of flops on his back and just like bounces it off, bounces it off his belly into the goal. All right, that that, okay, <laughs> and so yeah, just just imagine that with the best Snorlax costume, which is pineapple Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax just looks like a pineapple. Oh my god! The pineapple one, Snorlax don't give a shit. There's one, uh, there's one Snorlax skin right now, and it's just him with some uh, star shades on, on, his, on his head, not on his eyes, and an inner tube. Yeah, that one's it's, good too. It's part of the. Uh, they did a bunch of summer skins for the release. And so, yeah, it's it's a fairly simple uh, MOBA, but because because of A, its simplicity, and B, the uh, short time limit on them, because, like, games of League, and especially Dota, can you can have over-hour-long games of those if there's just a big back-and-forth. But because of the 10-minute nature of this, it's really easy to pick up and play, just a few games and be done with it and you haven't really spent all that much time super invested in it. And as well with League and Dota, because these games get to be an hour long, you get so invested in just like that individual game that if you, you lose or somebody fucks up, like it's devastating. It's actually something that makes me not want to play those games because... Uh, the stakes for each given game are fairly high, and people just get so toxic about them that it's just not not fun unless I'm playing with friends. But unfortunately, all my friends are sane and don't play those games. <laughs> yeah, the only I think we played a bit of Dota back in the day, and that was about it. And I got really turned off of the absolutely toxic community, and so we only ever played yeah uh, with yep. friend, friends only games. I am at least a little bit familiar with it. I tried learning, and yeah, players are not uh, friendly to learners either. Yeah, and it's it's a real shame because those games are like I I love Dota. It's I, it's it's actually funny because I would say really in the beginning it was meant almost as a more accessible way to play Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, you only have to control one unit. It's so much easier than control having to build an entire base and micro a ton, but then it got way more complicated than Warcraft 3. Yeah. And, yeah, so... 
But if that complexity turns you off, then Pokemon Unite might be the game for you. Like, there's no in-match shop for you to get items from. The only decisions you make for your builds is um, you have two abilities, and you have the, the each ability slot, you have the choice between two different abilities. For example, Venusaur uh, can choose between a uh, Solar Beam, which is... Like Solar Beam, it has a little bit of a charge-up time. It's a fairly narrow beam, uh, but it goes pretty far and does a lot of damage. So if you are if you feel like you are can be pretty skilled at aiming that, that can be really powerful. But if that's not... If aiming skill shots isn't your thing, you can get Pedal Dance, where he'll just have a whirlwind of pedals around him. So you just run at your opponents, and they'll be taking damage if they're near you. And that's also a good deterrent. Is, so. is Venusaur a good tank? Uh, Venusaur is an attacker, but he, he's like the most tanky attacker mm. right now. Yeah, so that pedal uh, dance sounds pretty pretty yeah, good. Yeah, because is there is there a theme that kind of determines whether someone's going to be an attacker or not? Because Venusaur, yeah, yeah. Uh, each each Pokemon has one of five different roles: attacker, speedster, uh, support, defender, and all rounder. Which all rounder? kind of just ends up being like an attacker with a dash <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but yeah, and Venusaur in particular, uh, the reason it's so tanky is because its other ability, you can choose Giga Drain, which, oh, yeah. which you know, for a little cone in front of you, you drain life from people. So like that combined with Petal Dance can make Venusaur like a, a beast, just like running in and can be pretty good at diving towers, which is. I mean, Venusaur is a beast. Yeah. Just look at him mm-hmm. in his Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and and goggles. Uh, and one one other big difference I mentioned towers is that this game doesn't actually have towers. It has goals, but the goals do not have any kind of auto attack. Uh, in in League and Dota, the towers are the main thing that just say like, "Hey, you're not allowed to go like near this stuff early game because you're just gonna." take a ton of damage and die. And I've definitely seen a lot of newer players to Dota uh, just not be able to get the hang of where they should be standing in lane. They get hit by the tower, they lose a ton of life, and they die, and that's not fun. Uh, in Pokemon Unite, those concepts of like how far in should you be and threat assessment still apply, but it's not quite as punishing. You mainly just have to watch out for the opposing Pokemon. And, like, neutral monsters most of the time won't attack you unless you're right next to them or you attack them first. Huh. So, yeah, it's 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 probably the most, like, beginner-friendly MOBA I've played. So, if you have a Switch, I would encourage people to check it out. It's also coming to mobile eventually. I don't know what the roadmap for that is, though. Oh, uh, yeah, the mobile MOBA. Mobile Pokemoba. <laughs> Pokemoba. Can I put the mobile Pokemoga in my pocket? So you can have pocket monsters in your in your pocket MOBA. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah. So there there is a pretty wide. There's 21 Pokemon in it right now. They launched with 20, and then they add Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Uh, I've been playing mostly mostly Absol, and that's just because Absol is my favorite Pokemon. It also helps that Absol is a beast. Uh, like Absol's a speedster type, and they're. Ability is, they're really good at getting critical hits. 
And Ooh, I uh, love crits. I'm a lucky person, so I just love running up to people and smacking them for gigantic chunks of their damn their health. That sounds dope. Absol also has good, pretty damn good mobility. So if if you get caught out against an Absol, like it's it's a really tough time to get away from them and survive because if you start running away, Absol has an ability pursuit, uh-huh. which as as you might guess. Uh, dashes you forward and makes it so that your next attack, if it hits them from the back, does a ton of damage and lowers the cooldown of pursuit again. So like you, <laughs> holy. So against an Absol, like you pretty much need to stand and fight, <laughs> stand your ground. Uh, That's pretty cool. One cool th- thing that they did to discourage like diving deep into your opponent's base is that there is these. This concept of speed zones, where if you haven't defeated the forward goals, there'll be a zone where if enemy Pokemon are slowed a bunch and allied Pokemon are have a big speed boost. So unless you're one of the speedster types that has a bunch of dashes, you can pretty safely retreat. Uh, you give up your goal for a bit, but hey, at least you don't go. What? At least you don't die. Oh, uh, it's a very swingy game though. Because in the last 20% of the match, the points are doubled. Ah, oh my gosh. And then there's Zapdos. Zapdos? Zapdos in, is a uh, neutral Pokemon that spawns in the middle of the map at the two-minute mark. If you beat Zapdos, you get a ton of Pokeballs, and your opponent's goals are made defenseless. Oh, what? So when wow. so when you walk up to them and dunk on them, you dunk on them immediately. Normally, it, you have to charge up your dunk, and that, the charge lasts longer the more Pokeballs you have, and that can be interrupted if you get attacked. Is that for the rest of the match? It's for like thirty seconds, twenty seconds, or something like that. Okay, it, enough uh, time enough time for, for you to run at your opponent's. Uh, Does Zapdos face. respawn, or is it just the one time? It's just the one time. Yeah, oh, and so like. Usually what will end up happening is two-minute mark will happen, and then just people are just like kind of jockeying for position, trying to get Zapdos. And the team that gets Zapdos will usually win, because unless they like went for a Zapdos uncontested and then do get stopped when they're trying to rush towards the enemy base, but that rarely happens. Usually it's just like a gigantic clusterfuck. But that does make it so that Sniping Zapdos from your opponent, so good, so satisfying. Nice. Like, I've, I had a game where I was Venusaur and I just hid in some bushes <laughs> in the middle and just waited, waiting to time my Solar Beam to steal that Zapdos, and I totally did it, and it felt nice. amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. The stealthy Venusaur wins the game. <laughs> now, are there any other legendary Pokemon showing, uh, or legendary birds showing up in this game? So. No, uh, there is one main map right now, and there's a few maps for a quick battle, which is even faster. There are only five-minute matches. Uh, and one of them is just, like, kind of a smaller version of the normal map. Another one is ice-themed, and... Oh, is, is it slippery? It's not slippery, but it's... Disappointing. It's, it's more focused along, like, kind of one center-ish. It still splits up into two lanes, but it's more... Uh, focus on the center. And there's one map that's three on three, 
which is really funny, where there's a bunch of conveyor belts. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And the two... And there's two goals that are not controlled by either team. They're just neutral goals uh, that are pretty wide open. And so it's is less of a, like, pushing as a team and positioning and all, getting kills and all that, and more of who can most efficiently beat neutral Pokemon and dunk on these goals. And so that map that map gets pretty interesting. Yeah, they, they need to make, like, a like a Silphco map with just, like, <laughs> You know, locked rooms and teleporters. Oh, oh god. my god. That would be awful. Uh, Are there any other legendary Pokemon that uh, you can either play as or... Yes and no. Like, in, in that 3-on-3 map, uh, Reg- Regigigas spawns in the middle. He's worth like 50 Pokeballs, which is the max you can ever carry. Jeez. So, <laughs> that can be pretty crazy. Um... Uh, one of the one of the Pokemon you could play as is uh, Zora Aura, which Zora Aura, Zora Aura, Zorara, so, something like that. And I believe that I believe that is a legendary Pokemon from Sun and Moon Gen. Maybe I'm not too familiar with uh, some of like the uh, newer generations. Well, like I pl- I played up to up through Sun and Moon. I haven't played Sword and Shield, but like. I don't know. Yeah. The the event legendaries that you need to get from like going into a game on EB Games or something on a certain day, like I never did that stuff, so but yeah, good cast of Pokemon. Like you you got your Pikachu, you got your Lucario, you got your Wigglytuff. Mr. Mime is really fun. What? They have Mr. Mime? Yeah, he just sets up barriers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Put around a Slowbro. Slowbro is really funny because when he he takes damage, he doesn't take all the damage right away. He like it, he's it, slow to take the damage. Yeah, it like all all damage that's done to him is dealt him over time. So you know, oh my God. You do a hundred damage to him, he he won't take the full hundred damage until like a couple seconds. Oh my goodness! Uh, so Slowbro is a really scary defender if the person plays it right. Uh, but the the. The character I've had the most success with has been Eldegoss, which is uh, from Sword and Shield. And Eldegoss is the healer. <laughs> it's a support Pokemon. And when you start out, you go through the tutorial and you're given the choice of one free Pokemon. Uh, one, from, one from each uh, type class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you can only get one, though. So I picked Eldegoss because I'm like, okay... This is a new game. It's a MOBA, which not like not everybody's played MOBAs. Pokemon is going to appeal to a lot of you know new people, so there's going to be a lot of new players who don't necessarily know MOBA concepts. So I'm going to play the role that is like more difficult to play, which is support, All because right. ch- chances are not too many people are going to know like to you know hang back. Stay with your team. Pick your fights only when necessary. And I went on a crazy win streak with Eldegoss. I think I have like an 83% win rate with it. Over like 15 or so games. With it That's so far. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I should mention that this is a free-to-play game. And it does the League of Legends thing where uh, you have to get each ind- a license for each individual Pokemon that you want to play. Uh 
you do get a fair amount of them off the bat through just like daily cha- daily challenges and login bonuses and stuff. Uh, and then you purchase the rest with either in-game per- currency or paid currency. Uh, but there, in the regular mode, there's also a few Pokemon that rotate uh, that you can use freely without a license. So you can you can still you're still able to like try out uh, Pokemon that you don't own in a real setting and see you know try before you buy. Uh, there's also ranked, which I believe that only lets you use Pokemon you have licenses for, and you get some uh, a large variation on skill level in ranked. I've that seems that. like not how rank should work. Yeah, that's a little well, strange. Well, I mean, it's it's still new, so you know everybody starts out in beginner rank. So the people like me who have over five hundred hours of MOBA experience might be on the same team as somebody who's never played one before. So that the teams have not been nearly as balanced as they probably should be uh, in these early games. Uh one game that I want to mention in particular, uh, I had a Machamp on my team. And they were being really communicative with the in-game, like, I'm heading top, I'm heading bottom, I'm returning back to base. And, like, that's the first time I've seen anybody use those a lot. Like, it, the communication in this game is pretty awkward to use. Uh, so I'm like, oh, this person's, like, being super communicative. That's awesome. I have a good teammate. But all they were doing the entire match was just farming on their own. And they never joined the team for anything. Wow. Like, I was, me and another person were defending one of our goals, like, 2v3. And they, they were just, like, less than a screen away just farming. And they didn't come to help us until we got wiped. And then they went down, and naturally, then it was a one-on-three, and they got wiped. And then they were start spamming. I need backup. I need backup. I'm like, oh, oh my god, god, I freaking hate you. hate this guy. And that happened like a couple more times, and then it got to the end. It got to the predictable Zapdos like fight, and we were really close to getting it. We, but we didn't. But they were off doing their own thing. If they were there, that we probably would have easily won the game. But no. And then. Uh, because they were farming a bunch, they just, like, scored a big goal at the very end, but that didn't matter because the enemies got a ton of goals, so we just got stomped. But because they got, like, the biggest goal of the match on my team, they got MVP for my team. I was so pissed. Because I got, like... I did really well. I got I went, like, nine kills, two deaths, and got every other medal that, that could be awarded... And this, some little shit stole it from you? Yeah, and this just fucking <laughs> idiot Machamp player who doesn't know how team games work. Ugh, so frustrating at times, but yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Probably the scariest Pokemon, though, in the game right now, with good reason, and is very appropriate, is Gengar. Gengar's terrifying. Really? Gengar can 1v5 a team. Gengar should what? be terrifying. <laughs> like, with the... What's his abilities? He's a Gengar! <laughs> There you go. Uh, well, like, I don't really know. I haven't played Gengar. I don't have the license for him. Uh, but he can just, like, he can, like, you know, pop in and out, like, little teleports and has just, like, insane damage potential and I think some lifesteal as well. 
So <laughs> you can be very, very terrifying. High damage, um, teleport, lifesteal. Yeah. Yep, that's a vampire. Sounds about right. Uh, I did check a tier list uh, for it so far, and the consensus seems to be that Charizard is trash tier. Oh. No! <laughs> that's terrible. It's more a case of anything he can do, other Pokemon can do better. But, yeah. Pretty, pretty fun. So can you pick which moves uh, are there special moves? Yeah, uh, you got you got two different abilities that you use with uh, uh, R and ZR, uh, as well as an ultimate. Uh, the ultimate is static, you don't get to choose that one, but for your R ability and your ZR ability, you have the choice between two different abilities. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of different builds you can do with Pokemon, like uh, Crustle can is a defender, but they can go. They have like one one other moves for each option is a defensive move, and the other one's an offensive move. So you can right. mix and match to be like the, more of a defender, or you can be an absolutely terrifying attacker <laughs> with like make your movement speed faster than most of the speedy Pokemon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just like hmm, give convert. Convert a part of your defense and special defense into attack, special attack, and speed for a short period of time. It's like, all right, shell smash, fucking go forward. Let's blitz these people. Legit. Yeah. So it's it's got a pretty good amount of variety right now, and I mean they're still going to be adding Pokemon, hopefully at a pretty good rate, because uh, I mean they got they got to make money by people buying stuff. Uh, the next Pokemon that's coming is Blastoise. Oh yeah! <laughs> so that'll that'll be all three starters. Um, but I know when I when I heard that you just didn't get a choice of uh, of, of classic starters, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can. Well, uh, you get Venusaur for free. It makes sense though, because yeah, to give people basically the choice of the different classes. Essentially. Yeah. So. Because it's just a different game mm -hmm. than, like, an actual Pokemon game. Yeah. So, w one thing, though, there's no Gen 2 Pokemon in it yet. What? No. Gen, Gen 2 is the best gen. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but... for I know you guys haven't played much, many MOBAs, but, like, what Pokemon would you like to see in, a Mo in Pokemon Unite, though? Tyranitar! I knew you were going to say that. Tyranitar is pretty sweet. Um, Arcanine. I love Arcanine. Ooh, Arcanine could be pretty sick. Like, and also, like, Arcanine is just, like, such a cool... It's just such a cool Pokemon of all the Gen 1s in general. Mm -hmm. uh, because... It's, and Its description is the legendary Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got Charmander, like, the Salamander Pokemon. Arcanine, legendary Pokemon, despite it... Not being a legendary. Despite it not being a legendary. Yeah. Although, it, they were hard to find in, in the Gen 1 games. It, well, that's yeah, Growlithe was a Pokemon Red exclusive. Yeah. So. Well, and even, even in Pokemon Red, tough yeah. to find one. Yeah, yeah, Yep. Uh, I, for me, I'd like to see Dawnfan. Dawnfan. No Dawnfan way. could be sick as just like a, kind of like what I was saying about Crustle, just be like a kind of like defender offensive hybrid where... Maybe you specialize in defensive abilities, or you give him like rollout or something crazy, and just mess people up. Or maybe Miltank as a support. 
<laughs> Mill tank is support, yeah. Yeah. So. Nah, nah, pseudo widow. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Pseudo widow. Just like turn invisible. Ditto! We need ditto! <laughs> Ditto would be hilariously awful to make. <laughs> He's all the other Pokemon. <laughs> For when you truly can't decide which character you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they should... That'd be really interesting, though, if they did make a random option. That was just, you select Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go in as a random Pokemon. Oh, that would be funny, actually. <laughs> so, that's Pokemon Unite. Um... Look forward to our YouTube channel. I plan on uh, putting up some gameplay of Pokemon Unite. So if if this discussion hasn't sold you, you can take a look at me playing some and see for yourself if you want to join in. And hey, if you if you like it, maybe you know add some friends, party up. I'd love to uh, play mo- play some MOBAs with people I know for once. Yeah, I think we can uh, shift this discussion, though, to uh, the traditional Pokemon games, which we all have a ton of experience with. Now, uh, did we all have one of the first-gen games? Yeah, I yeah. had I had Pokemon... I had Pokemon Red initially, and then later uh, I had Pokemon Yellow as well. Mm-hmm. I was a Pokemon Red myself. I was also Pokemon Red. That's all right, because we, got, po- we got three correct people in this room. Yeah. Yeah, it's because Pokemon Red is the better version. Damn right. I also had Pokemon Yellow. Mm-hmm. Special Pikachu edition. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I think I actually ended up with my Pokemon Yellow because like, my red got stolen. <laughs> um, which was very, very annoying. Uh, amusingly, my we're skipping ahead, but like I also had Pokemon... For Gen 2, I had Pokemon Gold. Damn right. And my Pokemon Gold also got stolen. But the funny thing is that then at the school, they were like, oh, we found your Pokemon cartridge. We found your game. Like, this is yours, right? It was a Pokemon Red. Oh, that's hilarious. So we got Red back again, but then lost gold. I later got Silver. I later got Crystal, and Silver is wrong. Silver had Lugia, and it was the best. Yeah, but Red had Ho-Oh. Well... Wait, Red, Red didn't have ho Shut up. Uh, the first episode of the anime had a ho Yeah, but with Gold and Silver, I think both games had both of the legendary yeah. birds, so yeah. it didn't really matter. It was just which one you caught through the story In, fa- in fact, Gold was a pain in the ass because uh, I had such difficulty catching Lugia in my, in my Pokemon Gold version. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get it down Lu- to 1 HP, make sure to false swipe it down, paralyze it, and throw like thirty Ultra Balls in it, and wouldn't get in the fucking ball. Yeah, Lugia was Lugia was notoriously difficult to catch in, in gold. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and if you're unlucky, you get Arrow Blasted. Woo! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Pokemon as a as a series, I mean, the core the core game is actually it's really fairly unchanged. Uh, all the way back to Pokemon Red, even for what the most mo- uh, most recent entry entries have been, uh, it's 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 a it's a formula and it the, the formula works. Right? Yeah, it's a very good formula. Um, and they, they've certainly changed a number of things that have had a really big impact on it, um, but we'll get into those 
transitions a bit later. Uh, One of the things that I'll note is I also played a bunch of the non-main series games. Like, I played both of the Pokemon Stadiums. I played Pokemon Snap. Um, oh, man. Pokemon Snap was incredible. Because you could go really to the Blockbuster, was. which the young people in the audience won't recognize. <laughs> and Blockbuster literally had a kiosk where you could take in your cartridge or your memory card and you could print out pictures of the Pokemon Snap pictures that you took in your game, which at the time was just such an incredible, such an incredible concept. Those, uh, those kiosks in very high demand these days. <laughs> really? <laughs> they're, kind of, they're kind of a collector's item at this point. I mean, yeah, it's not surprising. Yep. Nostalgia for both Pokemon and Blockbuster. That's a, that's a double whammy right there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if Blockbuster was, um, if Blockbuster still was somehow listed on the stock exchange, pretty sure uh, it would have gotten pumped with GameStop. <laughs> yeah, yep. probably. But uh, yeah, so the other thing that I thought to mention is, especially with the early generations, I was obsessed with glitching the hell out of that game. <laughs> Everything from shenanigans with the uh, transfer cable between the two Game Boys, uh, my efforts to try and find Mew. Um, oh man, he's under the truck. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> like my friend, my friend's uncle told us uh, told us so. You just you gotta use uh, you gotta use what's the move? Oh man, you gotta fly. Use, no, no, you gotta use strength on the truck, man. Yeah, move the truck, and then there's Mew. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. There were so many. There were so many stupid, uh, uh, stupid, just like theories of like how to like do random stuff in the original Pokemon games <laughs> that were just total bullshit. Uh, so speaking of breaking and glitching Pokemon games, I remember once where I came over to your house, Sean. Yep. And we decided to have a poke battle. <laughs> yep. And. You, we used your link cable, which you had mentioned, you had like kind of left on your heater in your room for a really long time, yep. because we could, that's the only explanation for what ended up happening, because <laughs> our link battle glitched the hell out. Oh, yeah. We had Pokemon with life bars that were going off the screen. <laughs> we had random a random Butterfree appeared when neither of us had a Butterfree that started out poisoned. And just really weird things were happening. So the initial Pokemon games, when you think about there's a lot there for a reasonably early Game Boy game. Like yeah. you have 151 different Pokemon. Each with a sprite, a sound file, a cry, a Pokedex entry, a move list that they can learn, a a t list of TMs that they can learn. So there's a lot of information there. So they didn't have much space on the cartridge to make sure that that game functioned properly if you did anything remotely different in it. And for everybody here, um, I would ex highly, highly recommend going to a website called the LP Archive, the Let's Play Archive, and reading uh, the Let's Break of Pokemon Blue. Uh, where, <laughs> Let's Break. Yeah, where this person goes through Pokemon Blue and try, just tries to show as many glitches and weird things as possible. And some of the stuff that's in there is completely bananas. 
Uh, there's also in there a uh, a speed run that somebody did uh, where they they did a speed run where they attempted to beat every gym in reverse order. What? <laughs> and uh, it's 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 doable without any kind of like game sharking or cheats or anything like that. Wow! Because there's there's something that you can do in that game that lets you walk through walls. Ah, unless you yeah. clip. <laughs> so, Classic. Yeah. And Pokemon, I th- the original Pokemon game, I think, is host to probably the most, one of the most well-known glitches ever, which is Missing No. Uh, uh, did I'm either of you no. uh, do the Missing No glitch? I did. I I didn't. I, I didn't know how to do it for the longest time, and then by the time I figured it out, my... Uh, my Pokemon Red cartridge is not... It's too old at this point. I I need to play through the game completely straight to get to Cinnabar Island to do that stuff. Uh, do you know why that glitch exists? Isn't that a buffer overflow? No. Uh, basically, every, every tile in that game where you can encounter Pokemon has a list of Pokemon you can encounter there. Except for that one strip of water next to Cinnabar Island. That doesn't have any Pokemon data for it in it. So, uh, when you do, like, the old man, like, trainer, or, like, catching tutorial, uh, it fills that space with a bunch of garbage data. And the garbage data is what gets you missing now. That's amazing. Because nor- normally it tries to pull like from the last area that you were in, but that specific just like s- sequence with the old man teaching you how to do a Pokemon changes a ton of stuff. Like it changes your name temporarily, changes what Pokemon you have temporarily, and all that yep. stuff. So just a bunch of data needs to get stored somewhere, and it gets, just gets all weird. It's so cool. Uh, I remember doing a lot of the duplicate items tricks. Oh yeah, um, that was oh, yeah. super useful. Uh, in order yeah, that, to... that one was pretty easy, from what I remember. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, glitches for me were a huge part of the Pokemon game, and probably the early beginnings of me being interested in just coding and creating games in general was thinking about how this stuff went wrong. And how, okay, this wasn't intended by the people who made this, but why? <laughs> and the, the the thinking about that why is probably what led me to, you know, the long and winding career path I have today. I came back to Pokemon. <laughs> uh, so, in terms of the mainline Pokemon games, like, which, which ones have we played up to? Like, I've played all of them up to... In, and including Sun and Moon. Yeah, I think you're you're a little bit further along than me. Uh, la- the last, the most recent mainline Pokemon game I played was X and Y. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Sean? Um, the most recent Pokemon game that I played in the main <laughs> series. It's been a long time. <sighs> I think the most recent Pokemon game I played is Soul Silver. <laughs> Oh, ages. okay. Ages. Yeah, I've not kept up with all the new Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, 
Okay, well, let's let's do a let's do a little thought experiment here, because this I feel like this question really helps define who you are as a person. Gen one favorite starter go. Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Charmander. Shit. <laughs> oh no! It's fine. We all got one. Go, go, got one of each. All right. Gen two. Totodile. Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil. Yeah, Cyndaquil was the best. Yeah. Like, he had a type advantage on, like, six of the eight gyms or something crazy. Yeah. Cyndaquil was the best starter, but I just... I just love Totodile too much. (laughs) Totodile's pretty hilarious. Totodile's the best. Oh, yeah. Alright. Gen Gen 3? Torchic? Torchic. Torchic. Yeah. Blaziken is one of my favorite Pokemon. Blaziken. Super dope. Yeah. Uh, Gen 4. I don't think I actually played Gen 4. That was Diamond Pearl, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't actually play those ones. I'm trying to recall the Gen 4 starters. Uh, Uh, That said, Piplup. Just because of Piplup and Smash. (laughs) Which is amazing. Uh, Turtwig. Let me look this up one sec. I played it way back in the day. Whatever the Chimchar was the other one. Oh lordy! Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Diamond and Pearl. For me, that seemed like it was when the designs really started to kind of go off the rails oh, for me. Yeah, you know what? I think my favorite out of this like, would have been like we talked about well. how like, we talked a little bit about games like in general and how like the basic formula is really the same. But in terms of the differences, like the biggest obvious difference between the various games is really the Pokemon themselves. And, uh, I mean, I love Gen 1. I really love Gen 2. Gen 3, I liked a lot of them. Um, but then, yeah, Gen 4, like, really... It was... One of the reasons I didn't play those games is because I saw the Pokemon designs and I was just so not interested in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I kind of felt like, yeah, with Gen 5, X and Y... Gen 5 was Black and White. That was Black and White, which I also didn't play. Uh, but then when I picked up X and Y, I was I was a bit disappointed with the Pokemon designs in there too that were like the new ones. So hmm. maybe I'm just uh, probably I think my favorite Gen Five starter must have been Agumon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a okay. Digimon reference. Palmon for life. <laughs> 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 Who doesn't love a giant cactus? Oh, yeah. With boxing gloves. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so each different gen has introduced, like, a pretty big change to the series. Like, from Gen 2 introduced, like, the uh, special attack, special defense split. Yep. Introduced Pokemon breeding. You had introduced a few new types as well. Uh, Uh, Like uh, uh, Steel and Dark. Yeah, Steel and Dark. Gen 3 introduces the uh, abilities for Pokemon, which that yep. was a really good addition. Gen 4 introduced the physical and special split, which was super important to where in the first three gens, uh, what stat each move used, whether attack or defense, was dictated by the type of the Pokemon move, which made Hitmonchan a piece of crap because, yeah, you have Lightning Punch, Fire Punch, and Ice Punch, but if all those use his horrible special attack stat, then he's crap. But Diamond and Pearl made it so that each one, each specific move, is either 
uh, physical or special. So it made it made a ton more Pokemon more viable and just made everything more interesting. Black and White didn't introduce any huge mechanical changes, really. But it what it did do, which I loved, was that you only encountered new Pokemon up until you beat the Elite Four. So it was a wholly unique Pokemon experience. Because every other game, you know, you encounter other Pokemon all the time. Like, one of the things that made me so annoyed with X and Y is that the first Pokemon I encountered in the game was a Pidgey. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, why did I even buy this game? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but... And then, that's the thing. X and Y is where I think things really got off the rails. Because X and Y introduced Mega Evolutions, and I... Mega Evolutions are just a lot weird of, and a, disappointing. A lot of them just look stupid as hell. That too. Uh, they ruined my Tyranitar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, Sun and Moon introduced... The Z moves, where like if you held a certain item, you could do a extremely overpowered move once. Uh, it also introduced the Hold like on. just once, like exactly once, and never again. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, once per battle. Okay. Yeah, it, it didn't use the held item. Uh, but that that also introduced like the the Alolan variants, and a lot of those were actually really cool. Um, oh, I love Alolan Executor. I was just thinking <laughs> The tallest Pokemon. <laughs> uh, and then Sun and Moon introduced Gigantamax, which I don't even know what how that changes things, but I heard bad things about it. So, as the games... Yeah, the more recent games, I think, have become a little bit creatively bankrupt. And, like, they... they I'll give them this, or at least trying to introduce new concepts, but I think just introducing introducing a bunch of new Pokemon with decent designs and a new region to explore, like, that sounds lazy, but honestly, I think that's enough at this point. Because the formula, the base formula is so solid, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, like, got its own sort of spin on, like, an RPG that, that works really well. Like, if, I, if I'm being honest, like, especially, like, you know, the first few Pokemon games that I played, like, I enjoyed them so much um, because, like, you get that sort of, like, progression of an RPG. Like, you get the sort of turn-based combat. But it's just got something about it that's, um, I think, especially, you know, for the younger audience, that's just more engaging mm-hmm. than a lot of, like, actual, like, JRPGs. Yeah, because, like... Your team is yours. It's unique to you in most cases. Yep. Like, we'll go into, like, some of our favorite Pokemon and stuff, and a lot of us are probably going to have a lot of different answers because of what they mean meant to us. And that was one other thing when starting Pokemon Unite that I was like, nobody's going to pick this. No, nobody's going to pick this Pokemon from the most recent gen who's a healer to be, yeah, that's my favorite Pokemon that defines me the most in this game. People are going to pick their Pokemon not based on role, on roles or how good they are. They're going to pick the Pokemon that they like. Yeah. That's why I blitz to un- try to unlock Absol. Uh, yeah, so... One, thi- one thing that uh, I think also makes Pokemon such a such a good RPG is, is the type system. Where there is not like four or five types. There's, you know, 15 different types. 
So yep. the rock, paper, scissors elements of that are just expand. Rock, paper, scissors, yeah. can opener, soup can. And especially because you've got the, <laughs> you know, the, the Pokemon have multiple types. And, you know, you can have some type combinations that end up, uh, like, you can kind of, like, there's some decisions you can kind of make around, like, you know, do I want a Pokemon that has synergy between the types? Or do I want, like, this weird type Pokemon? Because that allows me to get moves that counter the counter to that Pokemon, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting way way to set it up but especially when you get into some of the more complicated things like breeding uh because one of the interesting things with pokemon breeding is that there's actually the you have the ability to give a pokemon moves that it wouldn't normally be able to get through breeding uh and that's that's just such an interesting concept and it just it goes even further on that point you're saying about where it's it's like really making the team your own um and it's it's actually it's a lot of work if you're trying to make some like exotic Pokemon that has a, an unusual move that it wouldn't normally get uh, that's only available through this like breeding process or something yeah, like that. Ah, uh, oh yes, God. Pokemon eugenics. That's uh, so. There's also hidden stats that you could uh, influence through breeding. And I remember when I first got into the whole. Um, oh, I want to build the ultimate Pokemon team. This devolved into terrible breeding practices that should never be uh, permitted in the real world. <laughs> it's fine. Natural selection, baby. It's fine. <laughs> Incest doesn't cause problems in the Pokemon universe. Oh, my lord. Nobody, it, uh, nobody, nobody's going to care about the genetic degradation of having hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon bred from the same ditto. <laughs> 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 yeah, how do how do ditto genetics work? <laughs> ditto genetics. Every ditto is a failed copy of Mew. So the lore says. Then why then why are they just hanging out in the wild, just in, in some tall grass, just like yo what up? Yo what up? <laughs> I'm Mew. D- ditto's a plane. Ditto oh. ditto's just like out there. Supposedly <laughs> in reproducing. Not in the anime, but in the manga, I think there is a ditto who is a ninja. Who used to be a human. I don't understand any of that. Okay. Yeah, you know, there's also a Squirtle that's super cool. Oh, Squirtle Squad? Yeah. Squirtle yeah, Squad! The best Squirtles. <laughs> One of my favorite things to say to people who hate on JRPGs is, you ever play a Pokemon game? Because Pokemon's a JRPG. It is, yeah. And some people just aren't willing to accept that. But it it's is. true. <laughs> It's the OG JRPG. I mean, it's not the OG JRPG, but it is a relatively old series of JRPGs, yes. Now, let's let's get into some of our favorite Pokemon. Because for me, uh, I already mentioned Absol. Absol is my favorite Pokemon. I just love this emo dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's got a really high attack stat, decent speed. Dark type and at you know in third gen like second gen didn't have that many dark types, uh, so third gen third gen is really weird to me because I I don't really like it all that much in terms of just like the 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 region. However, I love the Pokemon of third gen a ton. Yeah, third gen had some oh, really yeah. cool and, ones. Yeah, and third gen you know really fleshed out you know steel type and dark type. So 
Dark Type still relatively new. Absol was you know, just just cool, and like a lot of my favorite Pokemon are from third gen, like uh, Tropius. This is Dino Palm Tree with like a banana chin. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, I already mentioned Blaziken. Blaziken's yep. amazing. Another one of my favorite Pokemon, who's probably number two, is the evolution of Turtwig, uh, Torterra. Gigantic tortoise with this uh, tree on its back. And it was a really unique grass ground type. And so that meant it was four times a week to ice moves, which was kind of a pain, but still <laughs> still really awesome. That's dope. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, definitely like one of my one of my all time favorites, Jolteon. Jolteon is... Well, you, you, okay, so... Jolteon's my... Would my, you say Jolteon is your favorite evolution? It is definitely my favorite evolution. Um, I just love Jolteon. And I, I don't know, I, I'm a sucker for electric types in general, I'm going to be honest. So, like, mm. I'm pretty sure, like, at one of the times I played, I had both Jolteon and Zapdos in my team. <laughs> uh, which, honestly, it's a bit redundant. Didn't care. Electric's a pretty good type. Electric is a great Only type. Only to ground. Yeah. For yeah. me, my favorites... Although uh, Zapdos is, uh, yeah, Zapdos getting hit by ground moves is sort of upsetting. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can't, it's flying. Oh, wait, no, no, it can't, never mind. <laughs> that's that, that's no, what's no, great no, about no, adding sorry. electric to flying. Sorry, never mind. I think I was thinking... Thinking of Jolteon getting hit by ground moves? Maybe. Yeah. Um, for me, it was um, from the first generation, I would say Gengar was one of my favorite Pokemon... <laughs> Uh, second generation, Tyranitar and Lugia. That Aeroblast. All the time, every time. Mm-hmm. Oof. Third generation, I'm already going to have to take a look. Uh, Caesar, the metal evolution of Scyther. Oh, yeah. Caesar yes. is so cool. Yeah, Caesar's pretty cool. Although, I'm not going to lie, I-, I like Scyther a lot. I like Caesar a lot. But I actually, something about Scyther, I actually, like, in terms of the design, I think it's the Scythes. Yeah. I just, I like the Scythes. I feel like so, the Scythes got a, got a visual downgrade for to, Caesar. To, to the claws? Yeah. The clamps? Yeah, the clamp, the clampy claws. <laughs> so one inter- like, it makes him look a little bit like a flying crab. One interesting thing about Scyther and Caesar, if I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right, is that they actually have the same stat total. Like, the evolution just rearranges the stats and gives them a metal, uh, a steel subtype instead of a flying subtype. Interesting. Yeah. So, if you want to just run out that that Scyther, totally could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did run Scyther uh, as one of my grass types uh, sometimes, because Scyther's just, I don't know, Scyther's so cool. Love Scyther. Bug type, but okay. Bug type... Grass type. What's the difference? Speaking of bug types, Beedrill. Beedrill's amazing. Beedrill's so cool. Metapod. Metapod is the superior. What? <laughs> it's just a cocoon. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this a bit earlier, but like Arcanine. Ar- I love Arcanine. Mm-hmm. Arcanine's so cool. Uh, so you say like you have a soft spot for electric types. For me, it's ice types. Like, Glaceon is my favorite evolution. Oh, yeah. And I, I love ice types. Like, ice is such a powerful offensive type. It has 
it's super effective against so many things and a really good range of things. But ice is the worst type defensively in the game. The yeah. ice only resists ice. And it gets hit by super effective for like four or five different types. So it's kind of crap. It's not but as chill as you'd hope it would be. It's the glass cannon type. The ice cannon type. Are there any Pokemon that you never really had on your team that you looked at and were like, man, I, I really would like to uh, to have used that on my team? Deoxys. <laughs> yeah, it's just impossible to get. You know, I never actually... I never really used Porygon. Ooh, okay. You know, Por Porygon's kind of interesting looking, and... The, but the moveset, I don't even know. Like, I just, I just, I never really used Porygon. I don't. I def, I saved up enough coins in the game corner to get a Porygon. Yeah, it's a lot of coins. Yeah, so that, that yeah. might be the reason hard, why. Hard to get. Hard to get. Hard to get in a very different way than a lot of other Pokemon. Definitely. God, I played so many, so much slots in Gold and Silver. <laughs> to the point yeah. where my parents saw me playing the and confiscated my game for a while. Yeah, like, this is this is gambling. I'm like, no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, another um, another one of the Pokemon that I really loved from Gen One uh, was uh, just the the Cabotops. Oh yeah, Kabuto, the fossils. Kabuto and Cabotops. Both the fossils were cool. I liked I liked Kabuto and Cabotops. It's the science, man. It's the science. Yeah, I'm Scyther Cabotops. Like. It's a winning, mm -hmm. it's a winning design. I definitely like Kabuto and Kabutops. Uh, Aerodactyl was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, don't forget about Aerodactyl. The oh other yeah, Pokemon. Aerodactyl's cool too. Pokemon. Yeah, the rock speedy Pokemon. motherfucker. Now, was he also immune to electric moves? So he was rock flying, not ground flying. So right. he was he actually got dealt super effective damage by electric. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving into Gen 2, like, uh, Zatu actually is a pretty cool one. Zatu's dope. I've, yeah. I've raised Zatu in my day. And yeah. And, like... Really cool. I just... The, the psychic flying, really, really nice combination. Mm -hmm. Psychic types are also really strong in the Pokemon games, especially Gen 1 and Gen 2 psychic types were. Yeah, well, Gen 1, I think the strongest bug move was, like... 30 power or something like that. There were, like, almost no bug moves. Uh, and very few ghost-type attacks as well. That's, like, one of the main reasons why Dark was such a good addition to the Pokemon games, because it's, like, super effective against Psychic and takes zero damage from Psychic moves. So that, that as a, bal like a balance addition type, uh, that was much more palatable to me than, for example, when they introduced Fairy-type. Yeah. Fairy type, fairy type weird. is is yeah. like very close to being okay. I really like this as an addition because it was brought in to just like dunk on dragon types because dragon types were admittedly a little bit too powerful. Uh, but the, unfortunately, fairy types take reduced damage from bug types, which bug already had the most types that it dealt reduced damage to, and then they add fairy to make it even more. Yeah. Yep. And I love bug types. Bug types, bug types get a lot of shit because of all the goddamn bug catchers in those games that are just like these early enemies. Because bug types generally evolve early and they're like 
garbage tier trainers in those yeah. games. But I've had lots good success with some bug types. Yeah. Another one of my uh one another one of the Pokemon that I really liked, uh for me specifically, I liked Suicide. Uh the legendary dog. The legendary dogs in general I thought were really cool. Uh, I could just never I, catch them. Yeah, same. Yeah, I Suicide was the one that I caught. Um I can't remember if that was related to me having crystal. Yeah, it might it have was, been. Because yeah. you, I believe, like, yeah, you could just get. I always pronounce it Suicune for some Suicune? reason. I don't know if it's Suicune, Suicide. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> How do you pronounce this legendary ice type? Water type. So the legendary dogs were terrible. That that's one of, like the most terrifying game experiences as a, as a kid is just run into one of those things in the wild for the first time. Yeah, like when you don't expect it, like oh shit, <laughs> and then you accidentally kill it. Oh, I, I I never did that. I was always so careful, and and they would run away co constantly. So it's just like ah, it's like switching my Pokemon to him with false life couldn't do it. Oh yeah. I gotta paralyze him first. Yeah. I had a Starmie with a Zap Cannon. Dope. So that was my... That I, I bred that specifically to try and catch the stupid legendary dogs. Cause like, I need something fast enough to hit them before they flee, and I need to be able to like paralyze them so I could you yep. know, actually get anything done. Uh, so the number one Pokemon that I want to train but never have is Sandshrew and Sandslash. Oh, you've never... No, really? They're the best ground type. They, My favorite ground type. They weren't in Pokemon Red. Oh, yeah. They were Pokemon Blue exclusive. Pokemon Red got uh, Ekans and Arbok. Yeah, I uh, feel like they... I'm pretty sure they were in Pokemon Gold, though. They were, but I just never... Use them there yeah. for some reason. I think I, 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 I can't, yeah, because I, I believe I ended up catching a Sandshrew and evolving it into a Sandslash in Pokemon Gold. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was actually the biggest, that was the one Pokemon in red that I was most disappointed that I didn't have access to. Mm -hmm. um, there weren't really many in blue that I that I wanted, but Sandshrew, Sandslash, absolutely. I heard so, they were considering adding it to red, but then it got slashed. Leave. Uh, <laughs> so, in, in in a twist of fate, though, for one of, the, one of the Pokemon that I really wanted but never got in as well was uh, Vulpix and Ninetales. Uh, so, yes. when Sun and Moon came out, they introduced Alolan Vulpix and Ninetales and Alolan Sandshrew and Sandslash. And they were ice types, so imagine how excited I was. And of course, I got the version that didn't get Sandslash. Oh, so I still couldn't, still never raise a Sandslash. And it's it's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm looking at Pokemon Sword Shield. I'm like, I haven't looked up much about it, but I have looked up where to get an Alolan Sand Sandshrew in it. And I even like picked up my copy of I think Sun and Moon, and was just like looking on the trade, the uh, online trade board to try and find people trading away a little than Sandshrews and the only people that were were trading them away for like legendaries yep. I'm like damn it if I 
Like, one of them was trading it for the Legendary of the version that I didn't have, and I totally would have done that trade. Oh <laughs> Fuck my it. god. Just to get this Pokemon that I could very easily get if I called up somebody. <laughs> Which you should yeah. have done! <laughs> yeah, one of, one of our friends, uh, I don't know if it's up to date, but they had a uh, living Pokedex. They were able to complete it and, like, to get, you know, one of every type. That was super cool. Yeah. Time-consuming, though. I bet. Yeah, that's really time-consuming, especially in the the newer games that have just so many Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember what... The, I don't know what the count is right now, but it's... A lot. A lot. Uh, Real-life Pokedex. Isn't that just bird-watching? There's Google Lens. <laughs> Works on Pokemon too. <laughs> so there's there's a ver- special way to play Pokemon uh, called a Nuzlocke challenge. Oh God! Uh, that I, I've tried a couple times, and the Nuzlocke challenge is if Pokemon dies, you release it. So you you enable permadeath for yourself. And to make it so that you can't just catch a ton of Pokemon and have a nice reserve, you're only allowed to catch one Pokemon per route. Uh, I've I've done a traditional Nuzlocke in uh, Soul Silver where I got I got to the point where I could either fight the Steel Gym or the Fighting Gym and was too terrified to continue. Oh god. Because uh, some of the gyms in in gold and silver were no joke. Like, frickin'. Everybody knows about the terror that is Whitney's mill tank. Oh, oh man. God. That mill tank. That mill tank's destroyed. Yeah, and like, I thought I was being really clever in Soul Silver when I went up to that mill tank with a ghastly. Huh. Guess what ability mill tank has? Scrappy, which allows normal type moves to hit ghost types. Oh my god. So, Miltank got a critical stomp on my Ghastly and almost killed it. I'm like, oh dear lord. I, I barely escaped that one with without any Pokemon dying. And then my Ghastly died to fucking Pseudo-Wudo. I was so pissed. Wow. Oh this is like, oh, what, I went into the freaking Bellsprout Tower. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting the Rattata, because that's the only thing that's fucking in here. And the yeah. first book, po- I specifically went there at night... And the first Pokemon I ran into was a gas. I'm like, oh my god, this is a gift from the heavens. So I'm like, because Ghastly and Haunter are such good Pokemons. They're so fast and so powerful that like they can easily carry you. But no, Pseudo-Wudo just decided to get wrecked and fuck, with a fucking... A regular rock throw. Oh, Killed no. it. Not even a crit. I'm like, ah, uh. what the fuck? Uh, But the other... Uh, Nuzlocke run I did was a Wonderlock run in X and Y where every Pokemon you get you Wonder Trade away. And <laughs> Wonder Trade is where you put a Pokemon up goes away and then you get a random Pokemon back that somebody else is Wonder Trading at the time. Oh my god. And so like that and I I, I pulled no punches. I Wonder Trade by fucking starter. <laughs> nice. And you know what? I got a starter back. 
Really? What? I got a Trico back. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I fucking hit the jackpot because the other Pokemon I wanted to trade, I got a Magikarp back. Oh, no. Jesus. Because luckily, like, you can't wonder trade uh, until you have two Pokemon. So if 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 I wonder trade my first Pokemon away for a Magikarp with literally no attack moves, I would have lost. <laughs> like, I couldn't, uh, like, I would have had to, like, try to run a, like, there's obviously mandatory trainer battles, probably, that you get into before you get a second gifted Pokemon, so <laughs> I would have been screwed. But... Yeah, it's then game the, over. You gotta release that magic arm. And I also got a Froakie, you know, the starter that turned, eventually goes into Greninja later. Yeah. Both of them died. Wow. X and Y is no joke. So basically, my, my team ended up being. I, I'm fairly far in it, but I put it down because, again, I got terrified. My team essentially was a Gardevoir and a bunch of mooks. <laughs> a Gardevoir and a bunch of mooks. Yeah. Mooks oh. being disposable Pokemon? Just a bunch of Pokemon that I wasn't particularly into. Ex- oh, except I have Skarmory. Skarmory's dope. Skarmory is pretty fucking dope. Flying Steel. Yeah. Such a cool type. And. Basically an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk Shinies. Oh. I have. I have. A bad, I have some bad experiences. With I shinies. have, I have, I have had exactly one shiny, and that is the red Gyarados, and that's it. So I have encountered three shiny Pokemon in my Pokemon career: red Gyarados, uh, and two Pokemon. I encountered a shiny Drowsy and a shiny Hoot while playing a new save of Pokemon Gold on the cartridge that I'd already put two hundred hours in. So I just started a new save because I just wanted to play through the beginning area again. I didn't even, I didn't want to save over my other progress. And Pokemon games, for whatever reason, only ever have one fucking save slot. So I encountered these two shiny Pokemon and I didn't save it. I lost those shinies. My god. So sad. Friend of ours spent the pretty much the entirety of their database core class at PCIT. Uh, reloading over and over again to get a shiny Rayquaza. <laughs> he got it eventually. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, are there any Pokemon that you've had that just like overperformed for you? Pidgeot. Pidgeot. I had a Pidgeot. Bird Jesus. I yeah yeah I had a Bird Jesus. Uh, I, I had a Pidgeot in uh, I think it was. I think it was red. My, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was red. And it, the thing is, uh, you often getting a Pidgey is like one of the first Pokemon you get. And the thing is, I don't know. I think I just had a really... I must have had a Pidgeot that had really good IVs or something. Because I swear it was by far the best. It was by far the best on my team. Uh, and it was, it was a bit overleveled. But it was a struggle not to have it overleveled. Just because it seemed like it just hit so hard constantly. Yeah. And I mean, like, once once you get up to Pidgeot, Pidgeot's actually a really good Pokemon, right? Like, it's got good moves uh, for a flying type, and flying in general is, uh, you know, can be pretty strong. Uh, and and I, I really like I really like Pidgeot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
pretty solid. Pretty solid Pokemon. Yeah. In in the early in most of them, uh Sun and Moon changed this. Uh there were the HMs, which hidden machines, which you needed to traverse parts of the world. And yep. you couldn't delete these moves unless you went to like a move deleter, which admittedly was actually smart on their end to make it so that you don't like get stranded. <laughs> Though, I mean, again, you have the HMs, so you can always just reteach your Pokemon, I guess. But uh, I... So, in the early games, like, to make them reasonable at all, you need to have Pokemon that could learn Fly, because otherwise the game would be a huge pain in the ass. And you need a Pokemon... Or a Pikachu that knew Surf. Yeah, and you need a Pokemon that, need, that knew Surf, so you can get around water. Uh, so, for me, uh, when I was playing through... I was playing through Heart Gold, and I decided from the start I was going to have a fully pre-built team. I was going to trade over Pokemon from other teams so I could, you know get the exact team that I wanted from the very beginning of the game. And I decided, okay, well, who's going to be who's gonna be the one that I teach Surf? Because I need a water type. I'm like, ah, Waffle and I. I'm like, you know what? I've never trained a Tentacool before. A Tentacruel. Let's give that a whirl. That Tentacruel was a beast. I soloed Lance with that Tentacruel. What? That's amazing. Because Tentacruel has really good special defense, and it can learn Barrier, which raises its defense sharply. And for whatever reason, Lance's Gyarados only knows, like, water moves. <laughs> so, going up against it, I just raised my defense a ton, and just, like, whittled them down with, like, Toxic and the occasional Surf. <laughs> and so I just, like, outlasted them and just, like... Holding the tentacle's mouth open, pouring hyper potions in his beak. <laughs> That's amazing. Stalled it out. I'm like, wow, this this was sick. For me, I my guilty pleasure in the first gen was trading all the Pokemon that could only evolve mm -hmm. by trading, and I had a golem that was just an absolute demon. <laughs> <laughs> that golem carried me through many many games. And uh, and then there was Fissure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting lucky with Fissure. Yeah. Uh, I also I also had an Alakazam that was pretty great. And a Gengar. In fact, I at one point I had a team that was uh, mostly made up of fully evolved uh, trading-only Pokemon. Mm -hmm. It was the Gengar, Alakazam, Golem, Mewtwo. <laughs> um, I think I had a... Dragonite on that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, a dragon Pokemon. And then the classic Pikachu. <laughs> Pika Pika! But did you evolve him into a Raichu? Hell no. <laughs> Hell yes. You monster! I, I traded the Pokemon Yellow Pikachu to my Pokemon Gold and evolved it into a Raichu. And I over-leveled the fuck out of it. I got to, like, level 90 or something. Wow. I would just take it against the Elite Four and solo the Elite Four with that Raichu. That's so dope. And just, like, gain a fuck ton of experience the entire time. Because, you know, trade Pokemon boosted experience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one thing I gotta bring up, man. The newer gems really fucked up. The experience share. 
you play with the experience share on, you're a coward. Because <laughs> what the experience share used to do in the old games was, you know, if you get 100 experience, half of it would go to uh, the Pokemon that, you know, did the fight, and half would go to the Pokemon with the experience share. You weren't getting extra experience, really. Yeah. Or, or maybe you maybe you were, and it was split 150%. I don't remember. But in the new gens with experience share, if you have that turned on, every Pokemon gets like half the experience, whether they battled or not. So I when I was playing X and Y, I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it was I just had that on for a while. And then I got to the grass gym, and my Go-Goat was like four levels above their Go-Goat. And that was their, like, signature, like, last Pokemon. I'm like, I should not be overleveled. You should not be overleveling the gym leader. Yeah. Like, those, <laughs> those, those, should, those should be a challenge, even when you have a six-pack of Pokemon against their, like, three or four. So I'm like, okay, I gotta turn this shit off. Yeah, the experience share in X and Y was definitely... Well, was good. Definitely mm-hmm. And, well, I, that persisted into Sun and Moon, probably into Sword and Shield as well, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I mean. This is this is a problem that Nintendo has sometimes. I've I've noticed lately is that they're so worried about making their games accessible to a wide audience that they just steamroll what difficulty that they had, and I really don't like it. And they they try to make it optional, but I I still think you lose something with that. Like, it's like, oh, you can turn the experience share off, sure, but a lot of people are probably just going to leave it on, not really thinking about how it impacts their enjoyment of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember having some broken experiences with experience share. Like, if you'd never played a Pokemon game before, and you turned on the experience share, and, you, and you're just like, and it's just kind of boring, because you're always just steamrolling everything you know you'd probably just think oh well this game's not that interesting and yeah it's not not a good design choice in my agreed agreed i would usually use experience share though to level up under level pokemon yeah like the the original experience share that's what it was designed for i did a good job at doing that it's just x and y onward that just got crazy yep yeah I think the consensus among us is that second gen is the best gen. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, second gen was so cool. Just like yeah. go like the region itself was good. Like Goldenrod City was like pretty crazy to get to as a kid because yeah. it's just this huge expansive thing. So much stuff is there. Uh the department and, store has so many floors. Yeah. Department store, you got you know the radio radio tower. The radio tower, you got Bill's there, and you got, there's a train, and the the game corners there too. Yeah, like, yeah, so much cool stuff there. And then you got you know the entirety of Kanto to go to after you beat the Elite Four. Right, it's, two, it's like two games two, in one, man. It, it really felt like yeah. That. that was that was one of the things about some of the uh, a lot of the later games I found. Like Gold really had the most. Gold felt like it had the most to explore. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they totally. never really went back to that, as uh, far as I remember. Pretty much. Like, the best you got, uh, Black and White did this, where uh, there was maybe, like, 
a decent chunk of the map that you didn't go to until you beat the Elite Four. Like, it was kind of this, like, circle. And, like, you went, like, half of the circle. Uh, so there was, like, a, a fair amount of post-game, post-Elite Four content there. That's something that I didn't like about X and Y and Sun and Moon is that after you beat the Elite Four, I didn't think there was as much to do as as a lot of the earlier games. No, there really wasn't. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, I you know, the thing, the thing that sticks in my mind about gold and probably always will is just, so you go, you go through the main Johto region, you beat the Elite Four. By that time, you're pretty well versed in the game. You've got a solid team that's usually fully evolved. Yep. Um, and then you go through and you beat the, you know, you, you beat the gyms in the Kanto region. And, and it's kind of cool because now you're also like, you know, going back and seeing parts of the first game uh, with your with your team. But then you get to Mount Silver. Oh, yeah. And in Mount Silver, you meet Red. And it is such a tough battle. It's it's Red provides the beatdown. It yeah. is a <laughs> very tough battle. It is difficult to to beat because you you don't actually have to have your pokemon that high level uh to beat the johto and kanto regions and yeah like you could beat them maybe in like low 60s maybe high 50s even but then you get to red and all of his pokemon are like 70 plus yeah and it's yeah and it's and it's kind of like and it's and red is like uh, there's, I know back in the day there was all this this thing like is red ash and the answer is no because red ash is a coward and red isn't red doesn't say a word you know what red apparently has his own manga series he's yeah. distinctly not ash mm-hmm. yeah like um, the the uh, the game canon is you know red and blue those come from the ma- manga whereas you know, ash and fucking Gary motherfucking oak. That's anime. That's from the anime. Yeah, but yeah, there is definitely a little bit of influence from the anime on the team composition of Red. I think. Um, yeah, because he's got he's got Pikachu. He's got all three uh, of the first gen starters. He's got Snorlax yeah, and, and an Espeon. I thought he had a Tyranitar too. No, maybe I had the Tyranitar to yeah, try and probably. beat him down. Because Tyranitar is <laughs> super good. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I pulled in I think I pulled in a Tyranitar to take down Red in uh, in gold. Tyranitar providing those beat downs. I mean Tyranitar is just so so beefy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty cool too. But yeah, I, I know that was that was like just getting even just getting to Red, you know, as a kid playing that, that game, you're just like, What? Yep. Yeah, and like when you go into Mount Silver for the first time, if you don't know that's coming, like there's no real objective for you in Mount Silver. You're just yeah. like looking around, like yeah. There's I think no maybe somebody mentioned that there's a tra- that there's a trainer in there. Yeah, but like you don't really know why you're yeah. in there. Yeah, you have no idea that it's you're not, yeah. You're not going in there to go to another place like every other yeah. cave in the game. Yeah, yeah. You have no idea that you're essentially going in there to beat like the secret final boss. So, what's your favorite mini game out of all the Pokemon games, including games like Stadium and whatnot? I forget. Uh, I forget. My, my, my favorite mini game and all—it's yeah, Ice Block, 
ice block puzzles. Oh, the ice, yeah. <laughs> sliding ice puzzles are so fun. I love sliding ice puzzles. Oh, man. I got stuck at the ice cave in gold for a really long time. Oh, my God. Because I just couldn't figure out the ice block puzzle, where you had to drop the stones from the top to be able to... I think uh, I think that. I think in gold, like Gen two gold, I think there's actually a way you can screw it up and and be unable to complete it. Actually, well, I mean, if you if you leave the cave and come back in, it resets. Does but, it? Oh, yeah. never mind then. Uh, maybe I'm just like I mean, maybe that that's what kept happening to me is why I got stuck yeah. so long. Yeah, I think no, maybe that's what I'm thinking though. Maybe you could mess it up to the point where you had to leave and come back in. Yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because I mean, if I'm constant, if I always save in the freaking cave, because you can save anywhere, like it's entirely possible that I just messed it up horribly. My favorite, one of my favorite all-time ga- uh, mini games is from Pokemon Stadium. Is the Sushi Go Round game with the oh, yeah. I remember that Sushi Go Round. <laughs> pretty fun. Pretty fun. I don't know. I I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I the. Something always felt a bit off to me about the minigames in Pokemon Stadium. Uh, like, they were fun, but I think that a lot of them had kind of bad controls. <laughs> yeah. An N64 game with bad controls? Say it ain't so. It couldn't possibly be. Uh, I, I like some of the Game Corner games. Uh, I know one of them had, like, a Voltorb Picross which was which was pretty sick. And then I think it was Gen 3 had I think that one had roulette. Like a weird like a weird but a weird kind of roulette. That was super fun. Well, that's funny. So supposedly uh some of the slot machines um have enhanced odds. Uh but the one machine that always has the enhanced odds uh the man using it will always be there unless it's the morning. Ha. Huh. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's great. But apparently they got rid of the slot machines in the English versions of Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Only the Japanese versions had it. Yeah, they did. Disappointment! It's the one blight on those remakes. Because Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I think, are the best Pokemon games. They are... I... I... I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah because they bring all of they bring all of the quality of life improvements uh, from the, some of the later games. Uh, they update the sprites and make it look good, but they still have like nice sprite work as opposed to some of the. I don't like X and Y. Everything's 3D, and I I don't like it. I actually think thought they did a really good job. They did a great I, they did a great job, but there's just something about like some of the sprite work. I, I felt in in those earlier games that I yeah like the, yeah like the early sprites are really really good like you know Gen One Pikachu's hilarious before <laughs> po- before Pokemon Yellow yeah fat Pikachu uh, yeah I, I I again I really liked what they did in X and Y and they had such an uphill battle because think about that they had to make three D models of every single Pokemon. There's so many Pokemon, and so for what they were able to do with that, I thought they did a fantastic job, except for the fact that uh, those games kind of performed like ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And from what I hear of Sword and Shield, that game also performs like ass. And it's why I fucking hate the Switch. A platform of compromise. Yeah. Yeah, but... But yeah, for, like, for me, definitely Heart Gold, Soul Silver are pretty close to, like, the perfect Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they... Yeah. They just... They crushed it. Mm-hmm. And that... Uh, and that's why... And that's why Nintendo never made a Pokemon game ever again. <laughs> uh, one awesome post uh, game thing that I like that I don't know if they've done too much recently is like the Battle Frontier and some of the earlier games, specifically the Battle Factory, where you basically were given uh, pre built Pokemon to fight through a series of battles and after each battle you could like swap one of your Pokemon for a different one. And so like that that really tested your skills as a Pokemon player where you couldn't you couldn't rely on, you know, you making sure your Pokemon had the best moves, the right nature, the the right ability, uh and, you know, being over leveled or anything like that. You really had to know the know the Pokemon, know the moves, and it was very rewarding to uh, attempt that and do all that. I think that they they had that in Emerald. And I think they also had that in Platinum, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never played too much of that. I mm. think maybe Emerald. I might have played a little bit of it, but yeah. Yeah, I don't recall playing that at all very much. Did any of you ever get the Pokevirus? The Pokevirus, what is that? So the Pokevirus is something that occurs, I believe it's either at about the rate of a shiny Pokemon or about half the rate of a shiny Pokemon, uh, where it doubles all uh, EV gains that your Pokemon get. And EVs are uh, stat boosts that you get from defeating certain types of Pokemon. Like if you defeat a Pokemon that's got a high attack stat you'll get a few attack evs there's a maximum that you can get of those and they influence your stats it's another way along with ivs which are just like hard code into what your random values that your pokemon each pokemon has differently those influence the stats that no two pokemon are the same it's a it's a fairly hidden system that they've been bubbling up to the surface a bit more recently but it's a pretty cool one. But the f- funny thing about the Pokevirus is that it spreads to where a Pokemon that has it will have a little Pokerus symbol next to them, and you'll be notified of this when you go to the Pokemon Center. It has no negative effects, thank goodness. Uh, but after fighting with it, it'll spread to your other Pokemon, and after like a couple days... Uh, the Pokemon will no longer be contagious with it, but it'll still keep the effects. Unless you put the Pokemon in, in your box, where it'll just like stay in its state where it can contaminate other Pokemon, which, again, this is something you want. Doubling EV gains makes it so that you can trade po- train Pokemon a lot quicker. Uh, but I got it from in Diamond and Pearl from fighting Heatran. Which is one okay. of the legendary Pokemon. Interesting. What? Yeah, because I used Repel's 
repels the entire way. So Heatran was the only Pokemon I encountered between it and going to the Pokemon Center to, you know, say, hey, what's up? So, uh, really funny. But that, that made me a bit sad because that meant like, oh, damn. That meant the dice rolled in such a way that I didn't get the shiny Heatran. Yeah. I got this instead. When did the Pokevirus start? Ooh, that's a good question. Wow. Okay, I'm actually just looking this up. Generation 2. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That's that's also what I mean. Like, a lot of the stuff in Pokemon, like the core formula, it has been basically unchanged. Um, and, like, yeah, the stat... The stats and the EVs and the IVs. Yeah, they were... A lot of that stuff was always there. It's mm-hmm. just that in the first couple of games, it's really hidden. Yeah, you, like you basically, never know. You basically would never know. I mean, I never knew until a lot later uh, reading about it online. Like, the only hint you would get from those old games are those stat-up items, like the protein, sync, HP up. Those... Um, actually gave your Pokemon EVs. They didn't just give you stats. So, at some point, if you had the maximum EVs you could get, you'd get a message saying, oh, this has no effect. Yeah. That might tell you something was up. So, I don't know how much you guys have read into, like, the Pokedex entries on certain Pokemon, but... Oh, man, some of them are incredible. Some of them are incredible. Uh, Some of them are horrifyingly dark. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to read my favorite one. Um, this is an Aquanid, uh, which is a sun and moon Pokemon. And, uh, let, let me say the flavor text for moon. Despite what its appearance suggests, it cares for others. If it finds vulnerable, weak Pokemon, it protectively brings them into its water bubble. And this is a big old, Aquanid is a big old spider with a head that's surrounded by this big water bubble. Let me read the sun flavor text. It delivers headbutts with the water bubble on its head. Small Pokemon get sucked into the water bubble. Where do they drown? <laughs> so, the flavor for this Pokemon is that, you know, despite what appears suggests, it cares for others. If it finds weak, vulnerable Pokemon, it protectively brings them into their, its water bubble. Where they drown. So it's trying to save these Pokemon that it's like, oh, this is a weak Pokemon, I gotta protect it. And then it kills them. That's without okay. realizing it. It's fucking tragic. <laughs> and then there's Beware. Oh man, Beware is Many po- Many trainers have left this world after their spines were squashed by its hug. <laughs> it wow. loves you too much. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the Alola ones in particular are like really crazy. <laughs> In Pokemon Moon, it is revealed that Gengar used to be a human itself and seeks to take the lives of other humans in order to find a traveling companion. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the games have Pokédex entries that give like specific numbers around the abilities of the Pokemon, and I know there's some really funny things I've read. Like, like Kingler has it. A crushing strength of 10,000 horsepower, uh, which <laughs> is insane. And I remember reading, like, someone actually did some math uh, on that, and 
basically came up with like like Kingler's like if that's correct Kingler's basically like going to crush you or, or going to crush its like opponent with such strength that it basically just like ignites at like temperatures similar to the sun <laughs> because that's like just how much raw power would be transferred according to this like just dumb number that the pokedex threw out um there were some other really funny ones where like there's some pokemon where the pokedex gives like specific speed entries of mm-hmm. how fast they are and then it's like this is impossible it, like it's just like literally like, i think there was one pokemon where the pokedex is basically saying something and then if you do the math it's like breaking the speed of light mm-hmm. i think it's like pyroar his breath is what x degrees celsius and it's you know hotter than the sun yeah the surface of the sun yeah like, like uh, the pokedex yeah me? some some of the pokedex entries are just they're just ridiculous <laughs> uh frostlass from pokemon sun and moon when it mm. finds humans or pokemon it likes it freezes them and takes them to its chilly den where they become decorations <laughs> what Jesus. Binette from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. A doll that became a Pokemon over its grudge from being junked. It seeks the child that disowned it. <laughs> this one's funny. I didn't realize this one. Um, apparently, Spoink. <laughs> Spoink. Goddamn. Uh, it's like a pig with a tail that it bounces on. Uh, apparently, Spoink, Spoink is operating on, uh, on, on, on uh, fucking on bus rules. So if Spoink stops bouncing, it dies. Oh huh. my god. If Spoink drives less than 50 miles an hour, it will explode. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of silly... There's a lot of silly Pokédex entries. Some of these Pokédex entries, they're just... Like, you know that they, they hired a writer that was just so bored making all these things, and the writer was like, you know what? No. Just gonna go nuts. <laughs> yeah, like like Deli Bird. It's ultra sun flavor Texas. It shares its food with people who are stranded. Because Deli Bird is omnivorous, sometimes it gives those people bug Pokemon. So Deli Bird is just killing bug Pokemon. This oh happy go lucky Santa penguin. No, it's a fucking murder machine. Yeah, see <laughs> see here here here's where this Pokedex entry like really Gets at the implications of the Pokemon universe, right? Mm-hmm. Where does food come from in the Pokemon universe exactly? Think about this. Even if you try to be a vegetarian, there's plant Pokemon too. Like, literally, what what does what do what do the trainers eat? Everything is a Pokemon. <laughs> right, Cruelty free salad. Thanks, Oddish. <laughs> yeah let, let's let's talk about palosand which is this it's literally a sand castle let's let, let's read some of these things uh buried beneath the castle are masses of dried up bones from those whose vitality it has drained oh, each of its, each of its grains of sand has its own will palosand eats small pokemon and siphons away their vital essence while they're still alive the fuck's going on? This is some like circle of life shit. I haven't heard a song about. I've heard a song about this. It made it sound a lot more pleasant. 
I think like I think one of the Pokemon entries for Magikarp was like Magikarp almost got fished to the point of near extinction because they were so delicious. Tasty, tasty Magikarp. Oh my god. That's about all they're good for. On the one hand, Magikarp might be tasty. On the other hand, I think Gyarados would find you tasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Revenge. Oh my god. Yeah, the flavor text on Magikarp is so harsh. It's like in, in, in Ruby, Magikarp is a pathetic excuse. This is an exact quote from Pokemon Ruby. <laughs> Magikarp is a pathetic excuse for a Pokemon that is only capable of flopping and splashing. This behavior prompted scientists to undertake research into it. Way to dunk on Magikarp, Game Freak. My god. Yeah, in Emerald, its swimming muscles are so weak that it is easily washed away by currents. In places where water pools, you can see many Magikarp deposited there by the flow. Like, there's just beaches full of Magikarp. There's just beaches full of dying Magikarp. Like, on the, on, just stuck there. Like, think about this. Pokemon, the Pokemon world is a horror show. My, my favorite, uh, from, from Generation 2 was Larvitar, which evolves into Tyranitar. In Pokemon Gold, the entry is, it feeds on soil. After it has eaten a large mountain, it will fall asleep so it can grow. (laughs) 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 And apparently, uh, (laughs) apparently Kadabra in Pokemon Fire Red, it happened one morning. A boy with extrasensory powers awoke in bed, transformed into Kadabra. Like, What? (laughs) Kadabra also won't let people touch its spoon unless it truly trusts you. And if it does, anything you eat with that spoon becomes instantly delicious. Rhyhorn's brain is very small. It is so dense, while on a run it forgets why it started running in the first place. (laughs) It sometimes remembers if it demolishes something. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man, just looking at Mark. Um... Like, clearly the writers are having fun picking out Magikarp in particular here. Because uh, in, in black and white, a Magikarp living for many years can leap a mountain using Splash. The ru- the move remains useless, though. <laughs> like, like, they're just like, oh yeah, no, actually, we're, we're, we're going to throw something interesting that the Magikarp can do. But still useless. <laughs> <laughs> just having fun making fun of him. I suppose there could also be a her Magikarp. Magikarp is not one of those Pokemon that only has one gender. Unlike Mr. Mime. <laughs> you could get a female Mr. Mime. Mistress Mime. And No, it's just Mr. Mime and Jinx. <laughs> Come on. And there was a uh, in Crystal in the Battle Tower, there was a Nidoqueen that was male. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? That's funny. It's like weird coding error or something. Uh, well, should we wrap it up? I think it's safe to wrap up this episode. And uh, this listen, this is a top percent. This is a top percent episode. This episode's so strong. Uh, this episode's the best episode, and it beats all the other episodes. Yeah, this is definitely just like Joey's Ratatat. It's in the top percentile. Oh yeah, and. 
just like that weird random shorts kid that's in every freaking game. This podcast is comfy and easy to listen to. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this this episode. Uh, please share your favorite Pokemon memories with us on our Twitter. Uh, you know, if you have any interesting comments, you could also send them to our uh, Outlook account at Angry Sun Zone at Outlook dot com. And uh, keep an eye out on our YouTube channel, Angry Sun Zone. Uh, we're definitely gonna think about putting up some Pokemon Unite content there. Uh, so check that out in the near future. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And you'll find it wherever podcasts are hosted. Spotify. Stop. No, Apple. stop. No, we're not doing this again. We're not advertising where you listen to the podcast. on the goddamn podcast. There's no reason to. Plug everything else. Don't plug the thing we're doing. YouTube. No, we can it's only hard. we can only advertise the YouTube channel on YouTube. <laughs> well, I strangle you both. Check out our Twitter. Yeah, we post on there. You can talk to us. Spam our hotmail. It's it's an Outlook account for sure. Angry Sons on Outlook.com. Tell us your favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Dear frickin' lord. We're so professional. <laughs> Listen, top percentile. We didn't say which percentile. <coughs> yeah, we're in the first percentile of professionalized podcasts. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> I didn't see what happens. All right, we're back to record a new outro. Goddamn. <laughs> oh, the, the, the rest of that shit's going to be a stinger for sure. Pokemon, oh yeah, you're my best friend. No. And now this podcast must end. <laughs> no.